Well, good morning, everyone. Great to see you this morning. Chloe and Rosa, thanks for handing over to me. So I hope you've had a good week, everyone, and I hope you're doing well. This morning, as you can see, I have now got um, quite long hair, and I've used half a ton of industrial strength wax to stick my hair flat against my head. Saves having a haircut, but there we go. Well, this week we're going to look at a new series. We're going to start off and kick off a new series. And this series is going to be looking at lessons in life in lockdown. And in the coming weeks, we're going to take a look at some Bible um, situations and accounts of people where lockdown happened in their lives. And those accounts we're going to take a look at and uncover some ways and methods of how we can take those kind of um, ideas and principles and um, life lessons for us today in 2020. Now, one thing I've noticed... I've got two adult sons now, okay, and um, my toiletries are under constant threat of being taken hostage by my boys. And um, from my deodorant to my shaving foam to my um, gradual tan moisturising cream, all these things seem to be missing and going wall from my toiletry bag. So I know when my boys have been snooping around and nicking my stuff. So I've come up with a strategy uh, to get around that and this and it's this i've got a man bag which i take with me everywhere now keep it in the car with all my toiletries in so they can't get at my stuff that's a good idea isn't it so if i go into work in the office for the day or i'm going out shopping or i'm going to do these necessary journeys i'll take my uh, man bag with me with all my toiletries in so they can't be robbed it's working so far, walking the dog is kind of... No, I don't walk the dog in my toiletry bag. That would be wrong. Anyway, what is interesting, though, is the fact that living in this situation where we're at home the majority of the time, family dynamics come into play greatly because we're not all going out doing our usual routines now and going to work or socialising or going you know, to get some entertainment or something like that. Now we are in the house the great majority of the time. And family dynamics are interesting and I'm sure everyone here has had that experience as well. Now my dad was one of three boys and I was um, brought up with two brothers as well. So I was one of three lads. And um, before our lovely daughter Naomi came along we also had two sons. So quite used to the boisterous kind of background and that kind of thing. And home life can be very interesting, it can be a joyful time, an annoying time, a fun time, a sad time, a chaotic time, and all this stuff is going on at the moment, but what I love about it all, it's normal, family life is normal, whoever it is at home with us, it is all normal, and I'm sure you've experienced all the emotions too in the last few weeks, okay? Now today's story and the background behind it is we're going to look at the um, account of Noah and of course Noah, the story that is um, read about in Genesis verses, um, sorry, chapters 6 through to 9, we find out and read that Noah, he himself actually had uh, three sons um, leading up to the, to the flood and um, Noah we hear was a righteous man. A man who lived with humility, a man who trusted God in his life. And during this season of time and during this kind of time and history period in the human race, 
we find out that it was a very corrupt time and a very violent time. And it says like that, you know, virtually everyone apart from Noah, you know, were really messed up and really living against God, you know. So it was a very difficult time. And um, we read all that Noah walked closely with God and that he was a righteous and blameless man is it the words that are used in the Bible. And of course, you know, Noah wasn't perfect. Of course, he had uh, times where he did things wrong and, and all the rest of it. But in his general life, he walked closely with God and he honoured God in his life, which is very interesting. And um, we're familiar with Noah's obedience. Of course, he was asked by God to build an ark to a very tight specification. And Noah was faithful to that call, you know, and he prepared um, an ark and he prepared his family and he prepared for looking after a shed full of animals along with, you know, the food, the supplies and everything needed uh, for that time. And when the flood did come along, it was time for Noah and his family to experience a lockdown life because the flood came and um, him and his family and all the animals were on that ark for a little while. Now Noah and his wife, their three sons, Shem, Ham and Japheth, and their wives were all on the ark together. And they had the responsibility of looking after the wildlife and the animals on that ark with everything that goes with that. Now we might be familiar with the fact that the flood kind of all happened and there was 40 days of non-stop rain and the waters rising up and of course the ark came into play where they were all uh, living then but you can imagine the family dynamics of five to six weeks worth of rain and living in those conditions very very interesting indeed and I can imagine the family dynamics the responsibility of whose turn it was to muck out the elephants that must have been a fun one never mind filling the dishwasher but um, so it was a long time for them to kind of work together, live together, eat, you know, prepare meals and look after and care for one another and the animals as well. Now, 40 days does seem like a long time. But when you actually read the, the account and read the story of the flood, we find that after another 150 days, that's when the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat, and that's like present-day Turkey. And what we read here is that, um, that, you know, that's a long time, that's like five months, that after the 40, you know, during the course of the 40 days of the, the flood, and then there's another 150 days before the ark came to rest in those uh, mountains then. And as you read further on, you, you find out that there was another two and a half months before any other mountain peaks became visible, the water started to recede. And it was another two and a half months that the, uh, the other mountain tops became uh, into sight. And then we find out that it was another 40 days again then that uh, Noah sent out a raven. And then after those 40 days, there was a seven-day period and he sent out a dove. And the dove came back. And then another seven days went by and Noah sent up the dove again. And this time the dove came back with um, a leaf, an olive leaf in his mouth. And the third time, which was another seven days, 
the dove did not return. So there was um, a realisation that the earth was drying up. So after a total of ten and a half months, most of the flood waters had dried up by now. And then when we read in chapter 8, verses 14, it says this, Two more months went by, and at last the earth was dry, and Noah and his family left the ark. So it was just over a year from when the floods began that Noah and his family did actually get off the ark. And uh, their lockdown life had finally come to um, an end and they could get off that thing. And we read then in the next chapter, in chapter 9, that God blessed Noah and his family. So interesting times for them, an ancient family, an ancient time. And um, we just want to look at this morning, the power of patience. And we know already that Noah walked by faith in God. And he'd already mastered the art of patience because the ark took many, many years to build. It was a big project. And Noah stuck by it faithfully, serving God and getting prepared. So to think of all that time then on the ark and can they get off, can they not, can they get off, can they not. You know, there was a lot of patience required in that. But Noah was a man who had found that, you know, rhythm in God uh, to trust God and to know when the time is right. Now, you must have seen the clip of Peter Kay, the comedian who talks about rich tea biscuits and hobnob biscuits and uh, which one can be dunked the most. We've heard it from time to time. We've seen it on the screen from time to time. And um, like the rich tea biscuit goes into the tea and after one or two dunks, it just falls to pieces and drops inside your, your cup of tea. But the hobnob, you can dip many, many times and it stays in place and then you can eat your um, lovely hobnob which has been dipped in your brew. But it kind of reminds me of um, maybe Noah had developed this patience of a hobnob. You know, I can wait again and again and again and again and again until the time is right. And it's a very interesting thing to consider. So I kind of imagine Noah has the ability of being quite a patient person because he was walking with God and he seemed to have time for his family and for these animals and for what God wanted to do. So it was quite an impressive you know, thing to, to go through, season of life to go through. And Noah had learned to trust God even in the in-between times. So every stage of getting back to dry land was a step closer to what God had for Noah and his family. So that kind of kept him, you know, focused on the future as well, that he could trust God and that the future would be a blessed time. And we read in chapter 9 that God blessed Noah and his family. That is a great thing to consider. So during our lockdown experience, and as we look to respond in a way that is honouring and safe, just like Noah, we trust in God that we're a step closer to a blessed future. Now everybody wants to come through this experience unscathed and to get to the end of this season. And we can approach our todays like Noah and his family. Between them all, they looked after one another and they cared for one another. And they looked after all kinds of wildlife and beasts and all the rest of it. And it's important then for us to kind of take on board, you know, they were on that ark for a long, long time, for, for like a year. So their day-to-day, the basics of life, you know, they were using those 
days as ways of honouring God and serving one another. It's just important for us really to consider that our basic day-to-day tasks are used to honour God. What more can you do? You know, circumstances are such that, you know, it's kind of dictated for us. You know, we have boundaries in place. But that is a good thing because we can enjoy the, the love and the freedom in God, even in the simple things of life. In Colossians 3, 17, it says this, And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So one way of developing patience in our lives is to treat our words and the simplest of our acts as though we were representatives of Jesus, combining that with a thankful heart. So every meal, the ingredients purchased, the food prepared and cooked and the cleanup process, they can all be done as a representative of Jesus. For every child and parent and family member that we care for and contact, we can do as a representative of Jesus. Every chore, DIY project, cake baked, errand run, telephone conversation, Skype meeting, Zoom meeting, text messages, messenger messages, WhatsApp messages, They can all be done as representatives of Jesus and being thankful each step of the way. So even in those basic, simple building blocks of life, we can be representatives of Jesus and approach those things knowing that we're serving God in those simple tasks. So just like Noah had a time out, no task goes to waste God is interested in each of our days, whether they are exciting and out of this world or the most straightforward, simple, mundane and normal of days. Whether good or bad, we can still forge patience as we go along. Patience is very powerful. And finally, just to wrap up, no matter what, continue doing the do. Noah kept on going. He didn't give up. And have a meltdown. He made the most of the day. He knew better was coming too. Faith and hope are closely linked. We can put our hope and faith in Jesus for many things. Our health, our resources, our relationships, our futures. We can trust God in those things. Jesus spent his time training as a carpenter. Being a son, being a brother, being a friend. He's a healer, miracle worker, a forgiver, a peacemaker. He spoke about the kingdom of God. He demonstrated the kingdom of God. He expressed love and compassion and justice. No matter what, we can also keep on praying in the kingdom of God. Demonstrating the kingdom of God in the days in which we live. So let's keep on doing the do, praying, encouraging and blessing one another and our neighbourhoods and the people that we bump into. Let's keep on doing the do. When our kids were younger and we had three children within like four years, 
every Saturday would be the day that I would be off from work and we would try and do some of the children. So every Saturday morning, come rain or shine, we would take them out, we'd get some fresh air, we'd burn up the energy and we'd, uh, when I say burn up the energy, it was the kids, but we probably felt more burnt out than they did. But we'd have fun times and we'd often head on down to the Mumbles where there was children's playing parks and chip shops and ice cream parlours and all the rest of it. And there was a great place to be, come rain or shine. But we knew that, you know, that was like a routine and that was a, you know, a daily thing. But in those basic, simple things, we enjoyed as a family and it was great to spend time together. But one of the, the, the big memories that I have is it was lashing down one day and we said, well, come on, let's just go. Let's just get the welly boots on, get our coats on and we'll head on down the mumbles anyway. And for some reason, we ended up getting some chips and like walking through... There's um, like a crazy golf kind of section just down there on your way into the Mumbles. And um, the kids had great joy running through the crazy golf um, park and jumping up and down in the puddles. Very simple, but very effective. (laughs) But just a general day-to-day. And it was great fun. It was limited, but we made the most of it. And in this season of life, let's make the most of it. Let's make the most of the simple things. Let's allow God to shape our thinking and our relationships in a new and real way. So we can still make the most of our limited time and our limited freedoms. We can enjoy the journey of patience. And we can invest in the simplest of our words and in the simplest of our actions. And in God's kingdom... None of these things are wasted. You know, God is with us in Proverbs. It talks about how he sees everything, every path that we take as people. So none of our times are wasted. None of our words or anything or our actions. And when Paul taught and encouraged the Corinthians, he was trying to help them to understand like a holy freedom and the kingdom of God and not living by rules and regulations, but by living by the grace and the love and the forgiveness of Jesus in their lives. And he kind of said this in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31. He says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And those things are like simple, basic things that we do every day. We eat and drink and we we do things and we clear up and we phone people and chat and run errands and help people and all the rest of it and in those things those are the greatest times where we can make an impression upon people's lives through our words and through our actions so let's know that patience is powerful that Noah's story is a great story and a great way of understanding you know that we can all live through you know times of lockdown but that there's also, you know, we can make the most of each day in the simplest things as well. So, great to be with you this morning. Why don't we close our eyes and I'll play, pray just to close. Yes, Lord, we thank you so much that we can know your closeness in these days. And even in the simplest um, tasks of our lives and in, you know, the basic building blocks of our lives that you are at work. And you do amazing things in those. We thank you for patience, Lord. And for each of us, you know, maybe different things test our patience. But we ask you, Lord, for help in that area. 
Help us to see your peace, to see your love, to see the bigger picture of life, to understand how important relationships are. You know, they are the building blocks of life. And we want to honour you in, you know, the simplest of things, in our words and in our actions. We thank you that this can be a year where we can love you and love others in such a real way. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Great. So, good to spend some time with you this morning. Hope you have a great day and I'll catch you again soon. I just